Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of 29 and the podcast. I am your host, Casey. My pronouns are she and her. As well as being the host of this podcast, I come to you as a creative business strategist. I come to you as a lover of all things Black women and Black femmes. And I come to you as the founder of Matriarch Creative Solutions. And so this is the first time I'm introducing my professional titles on the pod. So there will definitely be more on what I'm doing behind the scenes business-wise in a future podcast episode. But to remind us all what this space, what this platform is for, what this podcast is for, 29and is a podcast where I rant, reflect, and unpack a mixed bag of topics on my journey of intentionally staying true to myself, my purpose, and my blackness. And for this go-round of the podcast, I am so pleased to announce that I have guests joining me, and I am so grateful to be bringing you these conversations and adding to the necessary dialogue as we collectively as a people enter into our rightful black renaissance because it's coming it is happening people and i want us all to take part and so i say all of that to say i'm so excited to be back thank you so much um, for coming back for another episode i truly do appreciate it I hope you have been well. Truly, I do. So in this episode, I am joined by fellow entrepreneur Shakima Cyrus of The Gem Experience. And today's topic is Worthy 30. So we are jumping into reflections on what it means to be a Black femme millennial turning 30, unlearning and relearning as we live our best lives and build our respective legacies. We also reflect on turning 30 and what came with that transition for us personally. And so I do hope that you enjoy. So before we jump into the episode, I'd like to kick things off with an affirmation. And so this will be something that I add into episodes moving forward as a catch-all sentiment that captures the crux of what I'd love for the listener to take away from each episode. That said, always, always, always take what you need and leave the rest. This episode's affirmation is, I am enough. I embrace each new level in life with gratitude, love, and power. I'm going to say that one more time. I am enough. I embrace each new level in life with gratitude, love, and power. Thank you for holding that space with me. Now let's get into the episode. Before we begin, you know I have to hold a moment of gratitude for you taking the time to record with me today. I thank you so, so much. 
And I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you in the present moment in our lives. And I'm also excited that it is being recorded so that we can share this conversation with our communities. So again, thank you so much, Shakima. Of course. Of course, of course. You're very welcome. <laughs> I feel like, you know, this was like long overdue. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And now I want to hold space for you to introduce yourself, share your name um, and what you do. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. I am Shakima Cyrus and I am a Brooklyn native. I am a creative. I'm an entrepreneur. I am in education. Um, I guess you can say specialist um, or business professional. Um, I am, you know, just, um, I guess you can say a person that is a lover of all things lifestyle, um, fashion, travel, um, arts related. And, you know, I'm just excited to just be a part of this um, this podcast um, with, with you, Casey. Um, when it comes to, you know, me being an entrepreneur, I currently have two businesses. Come on, two businesses. Um, <laughs> Uh, my first uh, business, my baby, the Gem Experience, is a platform that was created for women of color um, for us to empower, create, collaborate, and celebrate each other um, as we tap into our next venture in life. And, you know, through the Gem Experience, I host events and, um, you know, provide resources for women and environments for them to come together and network, um, you know, to just further their growth, further their success. And for my second business, um, which is new to my lineup, um, it is called Annabelle, um, my clothing line that will be launching soon. Um, Annabelle was named after um my grandmother, actually, my late grandmother, um, who was a very fashion forward um, woman um, and just very influential, along with the lineage of women in my family um, when it came to fashion in their respective town or village, if you would say, um, in St. Vincent of the Gren in the Grenadines. Yes. So, um, I've followed in her footsteps and, you know, I'm continuing um, that legacy, that journey of what she started. Um, and so that is my second business, my clothing line. So overall, um, I am a woman <laughs> of many hats yes. um, and, you know, I'm just excited about life's journey and what I'm able to share with the world and offer the world through everything that I do. So yeah, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yes, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for honoring all of the different facets of yourself and, and almost being very unafraid in presenting yourself as someone who wears many hats. I really appreciate that about you. 
Um, and one thing I wanted to ask, uh, because people are already asking with all of the different titles that you hold, where can people find you? Where would you want to direct folks if as soon as they hear that intro, they want to be connected with Shakima Cyrus? Well, um, if you want to connect with me, um, of course, I would love for you to find me <laughs> on Instagram. Um, I feel like Instagram is the place where everyone can find um, anything about me, honestly, because that's where I am majority of the time. Um, my personal page um, is public um, and it is I am Shakima C. And I'll spell that out for you all. Um, yes. I-A-M-S-H-A-K-E-M-A-C. I am Shakima C. And you can also find me on my business page um, or pages, I should say. Um, the first one is underscore the gem experience. And the second one is A-N-B underscore official for Annabelle, my official clothing line. Perfect. Thank you. And a, a warm, warm, the warmest welcome to you. Um, I wanted you. to get into, no problem, my love. I wanted to take us into a mini icebreaker to one, start us off in this conversation, but two, to also add another layer of who you are for the listener. And so we had a conversation ahead of this recording and I asked you to choose one of two icebreakers and this is the one that you chose. So let's get into it. You chose describe yourself as a color and give me three reasons why you chose that color. Well, um, <laughs> first of all, I want to say that this was a pretty interesting icebreaker because I had to really sit down and think mm. about this um, because, and I'm going to give a slight backstory before I answer this icebreaker. Girl, get into it. My favorite color is green. Um, but it's surprising that I did not choose that as the color to describe myself, even though it is my favorite color. Um, and now I'll jump into the icebreaker. Yes. Um, yes. I'll tell you why. I'm surprised too. I'm not going to lie. I was expecting yeah. green. I'm like to anyone listening. I was expecting Shakima to say green. So I'm ready I, for this. <laughs> I was expecting myself to say green initially. So it was a shocker to me. Um, but if I were a color, I believe that I would be the color orange, actually. Mm. Um, besides, like, I love orange. Um, and yeah. besides the fact that I love the color within itself, I chose this color, honestly, um, because one, um, I love the way that it looks against my beautiful melanated skin. Mm. Um, Jesus is in the room. Okay. <laughs> okay. But for me, it was one of those things where growing up, um, and I, I'm trying not to go off on a tangent and give like this long, boring story, but <laughs> I used to like have issues with finding like what colors looked well against my skin. Mm. And it was because I didn't really understand or have the full understanding of how beautiful my skin was in mm. terms of complexion. And so I used to always feel like mm, that color doesn't look good on me. And I used to just always have an issue. Um, number one, crazy enough, orange was one of those colors that I felt did not look good on really? me. 
growing up. And so it wasn't until I grew into my full adulthood and realized how beautiful my complexion was and how beautiful my skin was. And orange just became one of those staple colors for me that I'm like, you cannot get me out of orange at this point. (laughs) So if I were a color, yes, orange would be it. And that's my number one reason because I love the way it looks against my skin. Um, And two, um, it symbolizes creativity and determination. Mm. Um, and I believe honestly, those two words describe me to a T, um, for people who truly, truly know me know that every fiber of my being is creativity. Mm -hmm. I eat, breathe and sleep creativity. And it's just been a part of who I, who I am my -hmm. entire life. Um, you know, Um, I've always been a creative from whether attending performing arts schools in middle school, high school, college, um, and whether I was dancing, I was singing, I was drawing, um, event planning, doing events, like anything, it doesn't matter. Like creativity has always been there for me. Um, And my eye for the arts, um, you know, and enrolling myself in programs that would just help me elevate and my creativity, you know, that was always at the forefront for me. Um, And even, you know, till this day, I still consider myself a creative, you know, in my own right for, from the way I am as an entrepreneur, um, a designer, a lifestyle enthusiast. Um, And those are the areas in my life where, you know, I can create fun and interactive, like, you know, content, not only for like my personal brand on social media, but just for anybody that I come in contact with. Um, So that is my second reason, um, because it symbolizes creativity. And that is who I am. And my third reason is, um, of course, it symbolizes determination. Mm -hmm. Um, If anybody um, has ever been around me, they will (laughs) let you know, I am one of the most determined people that you're probably going to ever come across in life. Like, it doesn't matter what I put my mind to. I'm going to obtain it. I'm going to achieve it. You know, Um, right, period. And like determination for me has just always been something that I've possessed um, from a very young age. Like, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter what I I did um, or what task or goal was in front of me I've always just been determined to achieve everything it's just it's just that aura that I have you know Mm -hmm. and you know and like also like for me everything in life that I've ever wanted it never came easy to me so I always had to um allow my faith and determination to lead me to accomplish every goal that I set for myself um you know, every attempt um, career-wise or like my entrepreneurial journey, um, my personal goals that I've achieved like over the years, all of those things would not have happened um, for me if it was not for uh, my determination, you know? Um, And my determination is just what, you know, drives me. It's my driving force to, you know, become successful, create a life that I enjoy living every day and just to be a better person overall for myself Mm -hmm. and everyone around me. So to sum it all up, orange would describe me best because it just embodies who I am, um, what I represent and how I feel. Um, 
So those are my reasons for why I would choose orange to to describe myself. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for such a thorough dive into how (laughs) you personally embody the color orange. I get it completely. And as we go through this conversation, I'm sure that the listeners will also see that orange energy shining through, hands down, hands down. So thank you for that, my love. No problem. Okay. Um, So for this conversation, I prepared some reflections for us to explore and to shed light on both our individual as well as our shared experiences as Black women who have recently turned 30 and what that means for us as we learn, as we unlearn, and as we live our best lives and as we live our legacies. And so I know I asked you to take some time with the reflections and I did as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know that this will be a wonderful conversation ahead. Yes. Um, (laughs) You ready? Oh, um, I'm not as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. (laughs) Okay, let's dive in. So I have combined reflection number one and number two, which is where we thought we would be by 30 overall and Mm -hmm. where we are now. And so to flesh that out for the listeners, I have some questions that I'll lead us through. The first one is, what career did we think we would have? Like younger Casey, younger Shakima, thinking about 30-year-old Casey, 30-year-old Shakima, what um, career path did you think you would be on? To be honest with you, and I'm (laughs) laughing because... I'm just like really sitting back and thinking like, wow, Shakima, you really thought you were going to do this. And now look at it. So it's so hilarious to me. So honestly, when I thought like, you know, my younger self, I was just like my 30 career wise. I thought that I was going to be like some big time doctor. Like, oh, wow. Interesting. interesting I know girl that is so interesting well I mean I see it though like I I can see how that was like a logical uh, uh stepping ground for you but um yeah I'm, I'm glad you're not a doctor <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a doctor either like god like Please, thank you for not making me a doctor because I would feel sorry for these people that are out I'm here screaming. in the world. I'm screaming. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I was, really um, that. I'm just, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. we have to give grace to our younger selves. We Absolutely. really, we were feeding ourselves what we were fed. You know what I mean? And like when we were younger, we had very, maybe not maybe not limited options, but in terms of like what a viable career could look like, those options were pretty standard. Right. For myself on my end, I thought I would be a whole accountant. Like, wow. (laughs) I I would be in the number crunching industry. I really thought that I was going to work myself up the ranks and, you know, get my certifications after certifications and just be like crunching numbers as a career. I really love that. Yeah, you're doing now. Yeah. That um, is so crazy. Let's tap into where we are now. So you thought you would be a doctor. <laughs> and we heard all of the titles that you hold now. And like, how would you 
how would you sum up where you were, where you thought you would be rather, and where you are now career-wise? Well, where I am now, I honestly didn't even see this for myself either. Like, mm-hmm. and it literally came out of left field, like mm-hmm. totally out of left field. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, how did I end up here again? <laughs> you know, and sometimes I even still think about it till this day. Um, I work in education and mm-hmm. right now, and I've been in education. My career has been in education for almost eight years nine years now and almost a decade yeah almost and it's crazy because I'm like girl you still here like (laughs) (laughs) like you're still in education but like career-wise you know being in the education industry where I first started off with teaching high school um students Mm -hmm. um and starting off that journey as a teacher was very interesting for me And now I've shifted from being a teacher to being in a leadership position where now I'm a director of um, an after-school program at an all-girls school in Lower East Side, Manhattan. And, you know, it, like I said, it's still shocking that I'm in this industry because growing up, I was just like, I would never be in education because I don't want to be nobody's teacher. Because I knew when I was in school, I was not the most easiest student to go with either. <laughs> I gave my teachers a run for their money, okay? I'm and sorry. I was just like, if I have a student that was anything like me when I was in middle school or high school, I would not want to be a teacher. <laughs> and so and I just, we are. And here we are, right. <laughs> and this is why I still can't believe that I'm in this profession, but now Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's crazy to see that I've ended up in a field, a career path or a field that was something that I preached that I would never do. Um, But I understand the assignment as to why I needed to be in this profession. And it wasn't a profession or career choice um, that I just woke up one day and chose it was given to me by design Mm. tell me a bit more you mentioned you understand your assignment within this role tell me a little bit more about that what do you mean by that so I feel like everyone has a purpose Mm. on this earth sometimes some of us we know what our purpose is from a young age some of us Mm -hmm. you know don't find out what it is until we're you know, fully in our adult age. Mm -hmm. Um, But I felt like God had an assignment for me to know how to lead young people specifically Mm -hmm. and to get even more specific young women. Um, And I used to always build a lot of great relationships with young women before I even got into, um, you know, my educational career. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just off the strength that I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a woman, I'm a female, and I just enjoyed the company and having conversations and mentoring other young women, not realizing right. that that was preparing me for my career journey as an educator. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the assignment that he put on me was to take my mentorship to another level to provide opportunities for young women um, and young men to a certain extent, because before I became a director of the all girls at the all girls school, I 
homeschooling in a co-ed school so I had interactions with young men but he's but he's shine on young women for me specifically you know and so I feel like the assignment was to continue my mentorship continue being that um person who empowers young women um who creates opportunities for them, who sets them up for success, um, who um, puts them in positions to elevate themselves, whether it's on their own career journey or their own entrepreneurial path or Mm -hmm. in their personal lives. And so, you know, when I say it was a part of my assignment or I understood that it was an assignment for me, it was all a part of God's plan to show me that you wanted to do something else and, you know, and that was okay, but any other that you're going to encounter in your life that is going to revolve around you um, playing this major role because people in this specific mm-hmm. area are doing this because yeah. it's benefiting and it's acting so many lives and so that was I feel like that was my assignment and that's how I ended up in education overall and Mm. you know initially when I got into education I'm just like yeah I'm only doing this for like three years build up my my financial support and then I'm off to the next and Mm -hmm. every year after my first year of being in being a teacher in the educational field I just could not leave. You found reasons to say, I left, I was doing myself and everybody else. Yeah, it was a disservice. And I felt like my assignment was not done. Right. Um, You know, and so I've ended up being here in this career path for way longer than I expected. And it's because my assignment is still not done. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that we, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, your assignment because that leads me to, you know, start thinking about faith. And that brings me to my next question, which is what did we think our relationship with spirituality and faith would be? And where are you with that now? Well, Growing up in my household, um, church was always a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I come from a religious background where I have a lot of pastors in my family, and my mom grew up in the church, so therefore she raised me in the church. Right, and um, and that was all I knew up until mm-hmm. like college. And then when I got to college, because I was surrounded by so many people, different people with so many different faiths, beliefs, um, and just, you know, opinions about religion in general, I even started questioning my faith, mm-hmm. you know, um, because, you know, just having conversations and, you know, they always say religion, faith, those are like difficult conversations to have. And you need to try to stay away from those because that always brings up conflict. I still indulged indulged in those conversations while in college because I've always wanted to hear other people's opinions, yeah, um, their own beliefs, their, you know, what they thought was right or not right. Um, and, you know, I went through a very, not a very long period, but I went through a period in time where I questioned my own faith. And mm. that was because I felt like I was being stagnant in life or Mm. I felt like I was 
it just felt like there was nothing happening for me at one point. And then also, you know, after being surrounded by so many people who have so many different thoughts and ideas around what faith is and things of that nature, it made me question and doubt my own faith of what I knew growing up. Yes. Um, and it gave me a different lens. And so therefore, I, I took a hiatus when it came to just exercising faith, um, even, you know, wanting to connect with whether it be a higher being um, for quite some time. And then it wasn't until um, I want to say around maybe 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. where I was at probably, I want to say one of the lowest points in my life mm. and that faith presented itself again mm. but in a different form that I could honestly never ever 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 have expected um and you know I have no problem with sharing you know certain things of you know that I've encountered in my life like at that point in time I was a very broken individual. Yeah. Um, and I went through phases of depression. Mm. Um, was without a job for a very long time. And, you know, I just felt like, and then I had started my entrepreneurial journey, but it wasn't going so well for me and it made me doubt myself. I felt like a failure. Yes. You know? And so it wasn't until that moment where I was just like, all right, I know I'm in a specific area in my life now where I'm not happy because there's so many different things that's happening around me that, you know, I did not see coming, but how do I get out of this space? You know, like, how do I get out of this rut? Like, I I don't like being here. And then that was when I realized, like, Shakima, you you used to know how to pray. (laughs) Mm. You used to know how to pray. You used to know how to have conversations with God. You used to have a, you used to believe or have some sort of faith. Where did that go? Right, right. Um, And I had to really sit down and get, real with myself Mm. and say what are you doing Mm. what are you doing because clearly you've lost your way Mm. you've lost your way you need to find your way back Mm. and I used to go to my mom's church and then I left because I didn't feel like I was growing and Mm. being in that space with within myself personally like And feeling I was like at my lowest point, I needed to be in a place where I know I was going to grow or I felt like it will help bring me back to some sort of, um, I guess, balance or faith base in my life. And I know I was not there. So I ended up leaving my mom's church and I um, started going to my uncle's church where my faith started being rebuilt, you know. Mm -hmm slowly but surely and um I started to pray again mm-hmm. I started to read my bible again I started I felt myself growing in ways and in areas that I felt 
empty in for such a long time. Mm. Um, and all of those issues that I was having started to disappear. Like, you know, depression started to little by little, like leave my life because Mm -hmm. I started to feel like my faith was being renewed. I started feeling like, um, something inside of me that, that was trying to keep me bound for so long was like, it was like the shackles were coming off, Mm. you know? Um, and you know, just through me going to my uncle's church and really putting the effort in to want to regain my my faith um, source or faith base, mm-hmm. um, I saw so many changes within myself and what was happening to me ended up getting, um, you know, a full-time job and being and seeing things change for me and shift for me in my, my business. And right. so it, it was just a matter of, taking a moment to realize that having faith in something and everybody has their own, you know, source of where they feel like their faith is being drawn from, you know? Um, And for me, it was God, you Mm. know? And it wasn't until I conditioned myself to get out of that, um, how should I say it? this bound mindset that I was able to really fully um, step into this space where I can really flourish because I was renewing my faith, but mm-hmm. it took me some time to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you got to find, lose your way to find your way, Absolutely. you know? Yes. Um, and that is exactly what happened for me. Um, yeah. So now when it comes to, my faith is stronger than ever, Come you know, on. it's stronger Come than ever. <laughs> Listen, okay. It is stronger than ever to the yeah. point where it can't be wavered. It can't be moved. It can't be broken. It can't be taken away from me because now I've worked so hard to mm-hmm. get to this point that there's nothing anybody can even say or do that will make me, um, lose faith in God and what his possibilities are for me you know so I love it it. that is so beautiful to hear and I feel like it's incredibly relatable like your experience is an incredibly relatable experience Um, and I find myself drawing parallels in my experience as well as someone who was raised in the church who as you know post-secondary came around I was uh, um exposed to so many different ways to believe that it ultimately led to me questioning what I believed and whether or not I believed what I was learning at the church that I was raised in. Right. And then, you know, those points of contention, those things that, you know, didn't really resonate with you at the time for whatever reason. And so um, making the decision to take some time away from the church and really Mm -hmm. figure out whether you're going to continue along the path, the spiritual path, or if you're, you're not, you know, and like ask yourself, sitting with yourself and asking yourself those things. Um, Because when I left the church, I wasn't sure if I would ever return to faith. And similarly to you, there was that point in time where, um, and for me, it was 2015, 
so around the same time as you as well, where a switch happens and you kind of ask yourself, like, when you're in darkness, like, where has the light gone? Right. Um, And then shifting that perspective to having to create faith for yourself and rebuild faith for yourself. And I think the beauty of our now is we are in complete control of our faith, whatever that looks like, you know, of our faith, spirituality, whatever that looks like. Whereas before we were kind of um, thrust into it, but now because we took the time away, we were able to really define faith, religion, spirituality, whatever you want to call it for ourselves on our own terms. And so again, I think that that you know, what you shared is an incredibly relatable experience and and those who are listening can definitely find parts of themselves in your story for sure. And you um, touched on um, some, what I would call mental health issues in your story about faith. And that leads me to asking like, where did we think we would be in terms of our mental state, our mental fortitude? And where are you now with that? Well, when you encounter or, and I'm just speaking for me because, you know, and, but I feel like at some point in time, everyone encounters depression. It may look different for everyone. um, And it may feel different for everyone, but I feel Mm -hmm. like at some point in time, we all cross paths with depression. Depression, darkness. Yeah, absolutely. You know? roses it's not yeah right exactly and you know I feel like when it came to my mental health did I ever think that I would cross paths with depression absolutely Mm -hmm. not because Mm -hmm. growing up you know growing up in a Caribbean household they don't talk about depression (laughs) so you don't know what that is number one you don't know when like if you have it or encounter it, what that's going to look like or feel like, because it's not Mm -hmm. something that is discussed. So no, I never thought that I would have crossed paths with it and my mental health or my mental state would have been that way, um, Mm -hmm. you know, before. Um, But now that I've experienced that throughout my lifetime, um, I feel like I'm in a much better space when it comes to my mental health. Um, and my mental state or mental being at this mm-hmm. point in time in my life, because I've realized that in order for me to grow, in order for me to achieve things in life, whether I want to admit it or not, 99% of the time, it's mm. with, it starts with my mental health. Mm. Mm. And people don't realize how important or how much of a major impact mental health or your mental state plays on everything that you do yes 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 the way you think the way you act the things you say the way you carry yourself the things you indulge yourself in the conversations that you have it's it all stems from your mental state your mental being and you know for me I started going to therapy Mm. you know and that was number one something that was not taught to me (laughs) at a young age and especially being in a black community and then taking it a step further being in a 
a Caribbean household. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those therapy was not something that was, it wasn't that it was frowned upon, but it was not also discussed and encouraged either. Right. Um, right. It just didn't exist. It just didn't, right. it didn't, <laughs> it didn't exist yeah, at it all. It wasn't in our realities, yeah, of right. understanding, no? Yeah. It really was not. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until, like, I became an adult. I want to say maybe, like, three, four years ago, like, one of my best friends was in therapy. And when I heard her talking about it, I was like, wow, she's in therapy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what made her do that? Like, right, what's wrong with her? Like, she's mm-hmm. in therapy. Like, okay, well, let me know how that goes, you know? Right. That kind of thing. <laughs> like, tell me all about it, girl. <laughs> You know, and so I was just like, all right, well, she cuckoo. So she needs to go like she's therapy. Not cuckoo. You know, like, but all jokes aside, you know. Right. So it was um it was new for me. And right, then right. it wasn't until I saw the difference that it was helping or doing the difference that it was making for her, then I realized like Shakima, um, maybe it might not be that bad after all. Right, right, right. Maybe it is something that you've heard about and that you've thought about, but neglected it or didn't even pay attention to it because you just thought, like, why would I need it? Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, hmm. I, and, and sidebar, like, I had to realize also it was time to outgrow my own shit. <laughs> okay. It was time. It was time. It was time. Yeah. It was time. Right. And for me, it was just like, all right, Shakima, you got some shit that you need to just yeah. You need to get rid of too. Yes. You're not perfect, and you need yeah. to work through some stuff. And clearly, what you're doing, yes, you've gotten yourself back slightly on track with your faith, but mm-hmm. your mental. It's, it needs to be worked on tremendously, baby girl. Like, <laughs> time to get it all the way together. Right. So right. I ended up going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say now it is one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. You know? And granted, some people may be looking at me the same way I was probably looking at my best friend. Like, girl, you cuckoo. You going through right. something. You crazy. What right. you dealing with? Like, you know? But that's Okay. Because I'm choosing my mental state, my mental being, um, and I'm putting that first because I want to be a better version of myself. Yes. Is the work easy and is it painful? It's not easy and it is painful. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, reeling it back into what you asked me, um, Mm -hmm. Right now and where I am right now, when it comes to my mental state, my mental being, I'm in a very happy space. I'm in a way better okay. space. And therefore, it allows me to thrive in a lot of areas that I did not expect myself to thrive in. And mm-hmm. it also allows me to hold myself accountable. Um, it also allows me to learn more not only about myself, but about other people. And it just allows me to just be one step closer to being a better person, honestly. Mm. Mm. Um, Because I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, I was like Miss Patty Perfect. (laughs) You understand (laughs) what I'm saying? Um, But I'm in a very great space where 
it comes to, when it comes to my mental being, my mental health. And I know that this is only just the very beginning and I have a lot mm-hmm. more ways to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is a lifelong journey. When we think about our mental health and our mental wellness, that is a commitment that we are making to ourselves for the remainder of our lives. Right. And so I'm glad that you have turned the corner um, in that, you know, in prioritizing your mental health for yourself. Um, I will say, speaking to my experience, I was actually... I was raised um, to be very fearful and I was raised to not actually have confidence, like to not be too boastful or too sure of myself um, because that would come off as, you know, arrogance or it would come off as if I want to be, if I wanted attention. And um, that unfortunately bred a mindset, a severe lack mindset for me. Um, And to be completely honest, when I was younger, it was so normalized for me that I never even considered that the way that I thought about myself, saw myself and saw the world could ever change. Um, And it wasn't until speaking to speaking to that that experience in 2015, where things were super, super low for me. And I made the decision that like, I can't get any lower like this has been the lowest point that I ever want to experience in my life Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't until that point that I made the decision to do whatever I needed to do to never be back there right along that journey I found a, a, a plethora of different tools to tap into and and one of which was therapy as well which I'm I'm so incredibly grateful to have found Um, and I will say for me personally, journaling has, has been a tremendous support for me as I, as I move through this mental wellness journey. Um, because back when I was, you know, a younger child and, you know, scared of everything, I didn't recognize that the journaling was what was keeping me through, like retelling the story, reflecting on how I felt about it gave me the starter kit essentially for like self-awareness and self-analysis, the necessary tools to be a mature, objective adult. And so I'm grateful for that practice kind of finding its way to me very early um, because I don't know what I would have done if I was in that same mental space and didn't have that tool. Um, but speaking to where I'm now, where I am now, I am feeling a lot stronger in my mental um, in my mental wellness practices. I know that it's not a perfect practice. Like there are some days where I'm not as active in keeping on top of things as other days because you know I'm tired or I'm occupied with other things Um, but I have found that particularly in the last few years prioritizing my mental health has become easier for me to do and for that I am incredibly grateful incredibly incredibly grateful yes I totally agree honestly like it's the willingness to put in the work to yes. get you to where you want to be, where you yes. feel like you should be. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, and this one, this one is a little more fun. We're shifting into a little, a little fun territory. Okay. Uh, so what did we young Casey, young Shakima thinking about where we would be at 30? Actually, let me rephrase that. Cause I'm saying young, like 30 is not young as well. Girl, we are young and <laughs> okay. 30 is just a number. Exactly. Exactly. So younger Casey and younger Shakima, what did we think our relationship status would be at 30? <laughs> and where are we now? And where are we now? <laughs> oh boy, the fun part. This is definitely the fun part. Um so <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> well, relationship <laughs> I just like you know I'm just thinking about it like so relationship wise I thought that honestly by 30 I thought I was going to be either engaged or married already period period we gonna leave it right there okay drop the mic I thought that I was going to be engaged or married. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Where am I right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am happily single. Okay. Happily single. I love yes. that. Yes. I, I am happily that. single. I love um, that. And I'm not going to lie. Mm. I used to think that if you were, and this is when younger Shakima. Yes. Like, yeah. younger Shakima used to think, like, if you are not engaged or married by the age of 30, something's wrong with you. Something is wrong with you. Mm. Something is wrong. Yeah. Like, something is either off with you. That's why you don't have a significant other mm-hmm. in your life. And this is why you have not accomplished that area. Mm. But as I've grown, and I'm still growing and still learning about this aspect of life. Absolutely. This specific area. Um, when it comes to love life and being a certain age and all the things that society thinks needs to happen. But I am now at a point where I'm just like, it's okay, you know? But I had to also make sure that I was okay with it being yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, But I am okay with that. Like, you know, people around me of course and you know family especially if you're Caribbean they're just like oh my god you're not engaged or married yet and you're 30 blah 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 and they make it feel like it's such a bad thing yeah like yeah like girl like what are you doing with your life what are you doing with yourself you know grateful though that I don't have those type of people around me and they're very understanding at the fact that I've always been a woman who always had my head on straight and know what I want from life so they know that when the time is right and when the person is right it will happen it will happen yeah um so I'm grateful that I have supportive people especially like my immediate family and friends around me who are not down my throat (laughs) about you know what the expectations should be um so you know I'm okay with being happily single at 30 Granted, mm-hmm. my younger self did not think that I was going to be single at this mo- moment in time, but right. here I am, you know. Right. Um, and what does that look like for me, honestly? Enjoying life, 
Um, like literally my vibe right now is enjoying life. Um, in the famous words of Kourtney Kardashian, like, (laughs) (laughs) like there's a meme going around with her just saying that. And it's true though. Like my vibe right now is really just enjoying life, traveling, um, as much as I can enjoying being by myself, learning more about myself, what I like, what I dislike, um, what I want, what I don't want, um, what I'm willing to accept and what I won't accept. Um, but yeah, this is Shakim at 30, you know, perfect Perfect as she is happily single. single. I love that. We do have a lot of societal pressure, you know, communal community pressure, familial pressure to race against the clock and achieve this like um happy every happy ever after happily ever after ending with our partner by 30 and it's with with shifts in society it's so unrealistic but i too agree with you that when i was younger like i didn't see anything else it just it made sense that you would find your high school sweetheart at high school or sometimes mm-hmm. in two years get together with them be with them for a long ass time and tie the knot on or before 30 and then you know become the baby making factory that you were meant to be (laughs) right Um, and so you know similarly to you 30 happily single unattached and unbothered shout out to Tanika of unattached and unbothered um I'm I'm exactly where I am meant to be. I am exactly who I am meant to be. I am I am meant to be in this space on my own because there is so much yet to be uncovered and discovered and unlearned and reimagined for myself. And similarly to you, like I I firm I hold hold firm in my faith that in right in the right timing it will happen for me, even if that means not in this lifetime and being okay with being my own best friend, being my own partner. And that leads me into my, my final reflection, which is what did we think our relationships with our relationship rather with ourself would be like, and where are we with that relationship now because I would be remiss to ask about did you think you would have a man and not ask you what you would what you had thought about your relationship with yourself because those both of those things all of those things are important right yes so true so honestly when it comes to my relationship with myself Mm -hmm. I I honestly can say I don't know what I thought that relationship was going to be like with myself. Like interesting. I, I did not know at the time. Mm. Um, but where I am now when it comes to myself, my relationship with myself, I feel like it's a beautiful relationship that I wish I paid attention to more when I was mm. younger. Mm. Um there's so many areas of who Shakima is that I'm discovering every day. Yes. And some of them are great things. Some of them are not so great things. Some are things that need to be improved on. And some of, things, some of them are things that are okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of them are things that can be highs and lows, but like I said, there's so many things in terms of the relationship that I have with myself that, um, I wish I paid attention to before, but when you, and I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I didn't have people who taught me to understand what a relationship with myself would look like, but essentially I did not have people who taught me. Right. Um, what that was supposed there's, to look like. there's yeah. no shame in that there's nothing right. you know because like when we think about our families our like the people around us most of them were focused on survival right and in the conversation right. of survival we don't have you know we as black people in particular don't have that much time to think about ourselves unfortunately right you know and so and- go ahead no go ahead no, and I was going to say, like, I agree with you. And that was me before. It wasn't no. until now that I have this beautiful relationship with myself that I've realized, like, Shakima, you neglected yourself, mm. yourself without really knowing that you were neglecting your younger self. Yes. yes. You know? Um, but I will say the relationship that I have with myself now is amazing. And I just hope that it continues to get better which I know it will will. because I put myself first like all the time and that is actually an initiative through um my company the gem experience that I um started initiating um and still it's still in its development developmental um stages but Mm -hmm. it's called I come first you know um and that actually stemmed from me It stemmed from me realizing how important I am to myself that I need to put myself first when it comes to my physical health, my spiritual health, my financial health, my emotional health, um, every form of health that you can possibly think of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just one of those things where... I was just like, wow, this is really important. This is really important work. <laughs> like, really, really important work. And I'm just happy that I'm able to recognize it. And yes. it's helping me to continue that important relationship with myself that I knew that I've always needed. But it's unfortunate that it took so long to get here, but I'm here. Yes. You know? Um but yeah, I love the relationship I have with myself because it allows me to be who I am. So that way, when people encounter me, um, because I'm taking time within myself to be with myself, yes. it, when people experience me, no matter who they are, they get the best version yes. of me that I'm at at this point in time in my life. Yes. You know, so. Yeah. Yes, that is so powerful. And I think there is a beauty in you sharing that, like, in hindsight, you don't actually know, you didn't actually know what your younger self, you know, was thinking about her relationship with herself. Right. And, you know, we don't always know. We're not always tuned in. It's not always a priority. But you mentioned also that, you know, it it came. It came for you. That shift came for you. And now you acknowledge and now you recognize how beautiful um, 
how beautiful of a relationship it can be if you continue to water and nurture it and and watch it grow and tend to it um, which, which is incredibly beautiful and so we went through a few reflections we went through where we would thought where we thought we would be in our career our relationship with spirituality and faith um where we would be in our mental state where we where we thought we would be um, with our relationship status and where we thought we would be with our relationship with ourselves versus where we are now. And as we kind of went through those reflections, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts to share about what you make of these differences. And I'll actually go first. I just wanted to share that when I was doing these reflection exercises, I was looking back and seeing growth, like bottom like point blank period like I was I looked back um and within this reflection it allowed me to see the power of change the power of transformation there are things that I was so you know that I that were hard no's in my life that have become yeses and there are things that have become you know hard yeses in my life that now have become no's and to, to love myself so thoroughly in this current form means that when I look back and see all of the transformation that's happening, I'm like, I'm at, I'm in awe at the growth. And so I'm wondering what you have made of the differences versus of where you thought you would be versus where you are now in going through that reflection with me. I will say, first of all, thank you for sharing that because I, feel the same way Mm. um but I will honestly say going through these reflections honestly allowed me to say to myself it's okay Mm. um and what I mean by that is because and this goes back to when I said like if I had to choose a color to describe myself it would be orange and one of the reasons is because of my determination right So because I'm such a driven and determined person to want to achieve all of these different things, Mm. I always set the bar for myself so high that sometimes if I don't obtain those things, it's like the end of the world, the end of the world or you're a failure. And going through these reflections of where I thought I would be and where I'm actually right now, it allowed me to have a moment to be like, it's okay. That like it's not that you didn't achieve these things and will never achieve these things because mm-hmm. you fully well like you will you achieve them yeah. and you can yeah. but everything has its own time and its own season and I have to be mm-hmm. okay with understanding the concept of time and season mm. Um, mm. and I feel like you know oftentimes that is something that people struggle with Mm. because I know I struggle with that and it's something that I'm even working through in my adult my adulthood you know but going through these reflections it really allowed me to say Shakima give yourself some grace yes um like you had these ideas of where you thought you would be but Honestly, there were other areas that God probably thought were better for you to grow in at these at this very moment and point in time in your life. So Mm -hmm. you grew, you grew a lot, just probably not in the areas that you thought you wanted to be um, 
you know, in right now, but you've grown in so many other ways that this is like, this is where you're supposed to be. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I took away from like doing these reflections. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing these with me. I have a few more reflections to take us through. Okay. Um, the next reflection I wanted us to explore is for us to share three life shifting lessons we learned by the age of 30. And when I say life shifting, I mean, those life lessons that we learn where shortly after that, like illuminating moment, we experience a shift on a literal molecular level. Like we wake up feeling different the next day. Am I making sense? Those type of life Mm -hmm. shifts. Yes. Okay. Um, So I will let you know my three first. They're short and sweet. My first one is... um, Pour into yourself first and let the overflow be enough. And this lesson, I had to learn the hard way. I thought that the opposite was true, that I am supposed to give, give, give until I have nothing more. And then maybe if there's anything left for me, I can rock with it. But Mm. embodying that first uh, lesson has lifted so much weight out of my life lifted so much pain out of my life to be completely honest because I am focusing on myself first and really prioritizing making sure that I am at my best before I help anyone else Um, when you're on a plane the uh, flight attendants tell you to put on your mask before you can put on anyone else's and that is just a very simple way to remember tap into what you need first always Mm -hmm. and it will and 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 uh almost train yourself or or retrain yourself or whatever language you want to use to not guilt yourself to put yourself first in putting yourself first rather understand that it is not an act or that it is not an act of selfishness that should be looked at um, in a negative light. In fact, that there, there, are, there are moments where you need to be selfish. There are moments where you need right. to center yourself. And I'm very, very grateful to have learned that by 30. Um, my second one <clears throat> is I am the co-creator of the life that I desire. And this, you know, it holds a lot of weight for me because this really means I can do anything I put my mind to if I, if I want to. Um, And it has truly, it has truly illuminated the power of the mind. You can look at, well, I'll use the glass half empty, glass half full situation. You can look at the same exact glass and you can see it in many different ways. And so this this lesson just reminds me that if I take the approach that I am creating the life that I desire, then it almost emboldens me to do everything to the best of my abilities and not feel bound by 
how it's going to be received or not feel bound by whether or not it'll be enough and knowing that everything is enough because I decided to do it. I decided to try it. You know what I mean? Right. And then my last life shifting lesson that I learned by the age of 30 is that mental health is tied to your intestinal slash gut health. So I have had, um, I have actually heard the saying that like gut health, you have two brains, you have your, your gut brain and you have your, um, your brain brain in your head. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think anything of it. Um, But in 2019, I was hit with a really, really, I mean, that was an incredibly stressful year for me overall. And it made me sick. And as soon as my gut wasn't right, my mental state continued to decline. And like, just being able to see the differences in my mood, my temperament, my perspective when I'm feeling physically healthy versus when I am not has truly reminded me that I need to approach um, food as nutrition, food as fuel versus food as comfort. Because if I mess with my gut health, then who knows how incontrollable my downs could possibly be because of that, you know, that chemical reaction that's happening. And so again, my three are one, pour into yourself first and let the overflow be enough. Two, I am the co-creator of the life that I desire. And three, mental health is tied to intestinal health. And I would love to hear the three life-shifting lessons that you want to share with us. First, thank you for sharing. Like, I definitely um, identify with Mm -hmm. those three that you've mentioned. Um, Because I've experienced, you know, those at different points in times um, Mm -hmm. in my life. But my three life-shifting lessons that I've learned by 30 um, is one, everything you have planned will never be exact. It's all Mm. about God's plan and the timing of your life. Mm. And that came from, honestly, a place of wanting perfection. And that was something that I had to also, like when I said, like, I had to work on and get rid of like my own my own shit (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's them from there I don't know what it was about perfection but it was always something that I felt like needed to be there Mm -hmm. or be present in life and and every time I planned something it had to be perfect and I had to real and then the crazy part was it didn't dawn on me until adulthood that everything that I wanted to be perfect when I was younger and it did not happen, it was God's way of showing me like, it's not going to be perfect. You need to let me do it. And also, but I didn't doesn't exist. Exactly. Perfection and it doesn't exist. exists in your mind. Like, right. There's no, no such thing as perfection in reality. Right. And it wasn't until I was an adult 
where I started realizing like, oh, so this is what God was trying to teach me all this time. This is why this was happening. This is why that was happening. You know, and of course, sometimes it takes you a little while to understand, you know, but once you get it, it's like, okay, I know now. You got it. Yeah. Once you get it, you're like, okay. Okay. Right. Exactly. So I had to realize like, it's all about God's plan and timing and mm-hmm. when it comes to my life and that's just on period. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, number two was learn who is meant to go and grow with you and who is simply meant to only have a season in your life. Damn. Um, yeah, girl. That's a big one. <laughs> it is. Um, it's a big one, but that was one of, I think the biggest life shifting lessons for me Mm. if honestly that should have been number one instead of number two (laughs) for me that should have been number one you know I used to always want to hold on to Mm. certain people yes in my life and it was because I just didn't I just always felt like people are supposed to always just be there yes you know um, and I don't, yeah, I just felt like, you know, you were supposed to be there no matter what we go through, blah, 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 blah. But I had to realize, like, some people are coming into your life to help you grow. Some people are coming into your life to teach you lessons. And everybody has a season. Some people... Like you may want them to be long term and you may want them to go the long distance with you through every single nook and cranny of your life, but they're not, they're not always meant to stay, you know, and I had to learn that the hard way. And I feel like this lesson was probably the biggest and most impactful lesson for me in my life because it literally shift. What I'm telling you, it shifted my world. Mm. It shifted my world because now I had to start looking at life from a different lens yes. and realize, like, although this was your way of thinking and this is what you thought should have been this way when it comes to people, um, it's not gonna be that way. And it's okay and it's if okay. you only have a season in your life. Yeah, you know. Um, like I said, some people are meant to go and grow and some people are meant to just be there only for that season. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, that was just from personal encounters, um, whether it was friends or whether it was family, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, and like I said, it was hard, but it was necessary. Absolutely. Um, and my last life shifting lesson is put yourself first and I put first in like I put first in all caps <laughs> um, because I used to put people before me yes every single time yes it never failed and that is because of that I guess that nurturing side of me mm-hmm. um that always feels like I'm supposed to put people before me because it's the right thing or the it's the nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I realized, like, would they put me first? Ooh. And it was a no. 
And the answer was always no. Like, no, and it was always no. Yes. And that's no. when I it, it it hit me and I was just like, oh yeah, no. Like you gotta put yourself first. So now mm-hmm. like my friends, they call me like the self-care queen. <laughs> because I, I have no problems with putting myself first, you know. Yes. Whether it's a day where I said like, you know, this weekend I'm spending time with myself. And if that time looks like reading, journaling, getting a facial and going to get like a mani-pedi, don't ask me (laughs) to do anything else. That's where I'll be. Yeah. Like that. Don't ask me to do anything else. Like this is my me time because I know that I used to put you first for everything. Yes. Um, And sometimes it does seem very selfish. But people have to also understand, like, it's okay to be selfish sometimes because you need that time for yourself and not having people make you feel bad about putting yourself first. Yes. You know, because some people, maybe because they're not in that specific area of their life or that specific level in their life. So they feel like it should always be consumed with having or putting other people first or having other people there every single time, they may not understand that, but, you Or know. they're just used to you putting yes. that first. And right. they're just like, I want this because you. this is what you've done for me all this time. So I'm, right. I want this, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so they've become spoiled in a way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so when now when you take your power back and you're like, no, I'm doing something for me, it's kind of like, how dare you? <laughs> you the know? It jumps out. Yeah, it's like, how dare you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, no. But that but, shows, yeah. that, dem- that demonstrates to you the people who actually care for you and your well-being. Right. Because if anyone were to tell me, oh, I can't do something for you because I need to prioritize myself right now, I would take that as a sign of love and not a sign of disrespect, you know? And right. so it, that really highlights and illuminates the people that are for you. When you say no, it shows right. you the people that are for you know, you and your, your, um, investment into self. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I always feel like you are your best version of yourself when you get to put yourself first and do that self care or do whatever it is that you need to do for self, yes. you know? So how do you expect me to be my best version of myself and fully functional for you? If I can't put myself first, like, yeah. you know, doesn't make any um, sense. Right. But just to recap, um, yeah. you know, my, my three life shifting lessons where everything you have planned will never be exact. Mm-hmm. It's all about God's plan and timing for your life Two, mm-hmm. learn who is meant to go and grow with you and who is mm-hmm. simply meant to only have a season in your life. And lastly, mm-hmm. put yourself first. Mm. I am so happy we did that. I am so, so happy we did that because imagine if we, our younger selves, had access to a recording between two Black women just sharing the lessons that they've learned. Yeah. We could, have, we could have been, we may not have understood the full extent of what we mean now in our present, you know, in our present, ver- in the present version of ourselves, but we would have at least have gotten the heads up, you know, and so I am so incredibly grateful that it's now on wax, okay? <laughs> it's being recorded. Right. So pass it on to, you know, our peers and the generations that are coming up after us to remind them. Because these are not new lessons. These are just our interpretation of, you know, uh, um, 
of very, very common lessons that each human experience, individual learns along their journey of the human experience. And so again, I'm glad that we were able to tap into that reflection. And so you actually, um, you touched on it. (laughs) Actually, I'm telling, I'm telling on myself because I already know the story. (laughs) I'm telling on myself because I already know the story. So if you're listening, ignore that. Um, But as mentioned, as I've mentioned, like, vehemently throughout this conversation we recently turned 30 hey. you know, worthy 30 flirty yes. 30 it's dirty 30 all of the all of the above right um, <laughs> and with that you know we both had individual beautiful and life illuminating birthday celebrations mm-hmm. um, and so to that point <laughs> <laughs> To that point, I would love for us to explore what messages, if any, were revealed to us on our 30th birthdays. And that's not, you know, going into what happened, but going into what we took from that birthday celebration. And I will let you take the floor. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I feel like everything that we've been talking about gives me that aha laughing moment because yeah. it's just like wow okay like yes. I'm really about to talk about this yes but um Spell. of course I'm never one to put personal personal information right. out there but um I will say mm. a message that was revealed to me on my 30th mm. birthday celebration was that when someone shows you who they truly are believe Mm. them Mm. and I will leave it there Mm. and I will receive you leaving it right there yeah that's a powerful it's a powerful lesson to learn and I think because we hear that saying so often we don't really understand what it means until it happens to us And so, you know, despite the circumstance, I'm glad that I now know that you can say, you know, you can say it with your full chest. And I know that you understand what that experience truly means. Um, And I think that in sharing that lesson or that experience, I also want to caution, not to caution people, but like just bring to everyone's awareness who is listening to this that people the people that surround you people actually full stop show you who they are immediately people are their true selves when they first meet you it is you as the perceptor who receives it in a way depending on how you're feeling and so I just want to add on to your lesson in saying that Uh, pay attention to how people are moving when you meet them because again they will show you who they are and I want for you to believe them the first time so yes thank you so much thank you so much for sharing and um for me on my end I had uh, oh um how could I describe this? It was, it. I can only use the word like illuminating. I learned a lot of things. And so I'll narrow 
I'll narrow mine down to hmm, down to two. The first one is that there is divinity in all things, in every moment, in all of our emotions, in all of our thoughts, in everything. There is a nugget of God, essentially, in all things. And realizing that has allowed me to interact with the world differently. I just, I have shifted the way I interact with the world. I am a lot more open now as an individual because I see beauty, because I see God, because I see divinity in all things. And so that's the first um, message that was revealed to me. And then the second one that I want to share is live your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am, like speaking to myself personally, I am not entirely satisfied with where I am now. If I, if someone came up to me and was like, okay, where you are in your present moment is where you'll be for the rest of your life. I would say I'd like a refund on this life experience because I have so much more to accomplish. And so get your vaccine. And like, that's person. This is me speaking to myself, get your vaccine, get your wax and hop on a plane and live your life. That is me speaking to myself. That is the mes- the message that I received on my birthday to me. Um, to really just like tap into all of the things that my inner child has desired to do that I have either told myself that I couldn't do or was, was too afraid to find out. I essentially want to teach myself to fly in this lifetime. I don't want to have anything that holds me back. I I truly want to live a life where I can say, I tried it. Even if it doesn't work out, even if it does work out, I had the, you know, the strength enough to try it. And so there's divinity in all things and live your life. Those are the two messages that were revealed to me on my 30th birthday. And I feel like those are great um, lessons that like were revealed to you. Like, I definitely agree with the living your life, girl. Girl, it's time. It's time. It's time. And as someone like, I can't express enough how fearful I was of living my life. Like I was raised to be afraid to be great, essentially. And like that has stripped away, has been stripped away, you know, and is continuing to be stripped away because that's, you know, that's not completely undone. I still have moments of doubt and fear. Um, but I, I look at the world and my life with so much more hope and joy and excitement now than I did before. And I'm incredibly grateful, incredibly, incredibly grateful. And um, I wanted to transition because this is being recorded after I participated in one of your wonderful live events, which is called Founder Fridays, where you are doing a summer series interviewing Black women founders and having them share with your audience any advice and, you know, any tools or even words of wisdom and gems that they'd like to share with your audience. 
And so in that conversation, we touched on the topic of legacy. And we touched on it a little in our conversation and Founder Fridays, but I also wanted us to chew on that a little bit more together. Um, I wanted to know for you personally, what does legacy building look like to you? What does it mean to you? And why you are aspiring to build a legacy at all? Hmm. <laughs> well, legacy can be a very large topic to talk about. Yes, and it it's, meaty. So, it's meaty. It's meaty. Yeah. It's very meaty. <laughs> it is. Um, and it can go in so many different directions. But yes. personally, legacy building to me looks like identifying my past traumas. Mm putting it in, put in the work, putting in the work to, you know, grow from those past traumas. Yes. Positioning myself to support, educate, and develop the youth um, or young women, I should say, specifically around me from my renewed perspective. Yes. um, And allowing them to be a part of my journey, no matter if I'm struggling or doing well. Yes. Um. And I know some people are probably like, what does your past traumas have to do with your legacy? It has a lot to do with it. It has everything to do with it. It has everything to do with it. I feel like, you know, people are just, and I feel like even um, when we did mention and talk about it very briefly in our, Mm -hmm. like in my Founder Friday um, event that just passed on Friday, you even mentioned like people usually think about legacy from a financial aspect. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I remember you saying that, and that is so true, but there's just so, like I said, it's a very meaty subject and it can be dissected in many different parts. Um, and for me as an individual, if you know, and you make up in your mind that you are going to be someone that is leaving a legacy, there's so much work that you have to put in for your, within yourself first to even know how to dissect those things, to get to the, the, the level of learning and knowing how to leave that legacy, you know? And that's why I mentioned like identifying your past traumas. Like Mm -hmm. you have to know, what happened before you and what happened to you in your younger version of yourself in order to know how to deal and work through those things because you have to know that if you're going to leave a legacy it can't be a broken negative watered down heavy burdensome legacy it needs to be something that's uplifting it's something that's positive it's something that yeah like it has to be fruitful it has to be something that people want to be a part of and if you're going into leaving a legacy with all of these heavy things that weighed you down um when you were your younger self or that came before you and you never dealt with those things how can you provide that legacy that you're trying to build Mm. you know Mm. and and then you know once you position yourself um to of course identify it grow from it um and putting in the work you have to then position yourself to um to support educate and develop the people that you want to carry on this legacy and that comes from a place of being transparent and vulnerable yes you know about what your journey to leaving or even indulging on this legacy path 
encompassed, you know, Um, and letting them know, like, this is what I came from. This is what I experienced. This is what I identified. This is what I did to start overcoming those things. And this is where I want to end up. And I want you to be a part of this, but I have to start putting in the work. Yes. You know, Um, and allowing them to be a part of that journey with you. Because how can they know what the legacy is or what the vision is when you're you're busting your behind to do all of this to create the legacy, but you're not even letting them be a part of it? Right. You're not showing them. You're the, not showing the them. Means. Yeah. Yeah. What right. It takes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so for me, when it comes to legacy building right now, that's what it looks like. Mm. Um you know, but I also feel like it looks like just making sure you put in the work to create the foundation for the next gen- generation. Yes. Um, and for me, that next generation includes my family, yes. which are like my nieces, yes. my goddaughter, um, younger cousins, even to a couple of students um, yes. that... Yes. I used to teach that are fully grown now. They're in their twenties, you know, um, some of them still in college. Some of them are done with college, but they still remain in contact with me after all these years, you know? Um, And they're a part of my legacy also, because when I speak to them, whether it's like every other week or every month or however often I get to speak to them, they ultimately made a lot of life decisions because of me. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? So, I'm essentially creating the blueprint, you know, blueprint. Um, I'm, you know, I'm creating the blueprint. And so therefore, if I want the blueprint to have a strong foundation for anybody else that's coming after me, I got to put in the work. Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That is that (laughs) we are getting into such powerful conversation that I'm like, I'm half listening to you and I'm also forgetting that I'm recording this. I'm just like getting lost in (laughs) emotions behind your word because I feel you so deeply. Like I feel you so tremendously. And I'm grateful again that we have this recorded, that we can, you know, reference this conversation um, and, and encourage others to spark this conversation within themselves. And um, you touched on, you touched, First of all, we have very similar views on what legacy building means to us. I can say that for sure, just based on what you shared. Um, but you also shared that you have, you know, you're, you're in the process of legacy building and you can kind of see the people surrounding you that you want to pass things off to, essentially. And um, I wanted to to take that and to highlight that I also see who passed the baton onto me, onto us, which is our parents and our grandparents, right? right? And so when I'm thinking about legacy and I'll talk about, I'll start with, you know, talking about what it means to me. I, I reflect on my parents' familial origins and what they were able to build after the birth of their children. Like our families did not have much and they managed to come 
to Canada, to the States and build a little bit better. And the older I get, the more I realize what it truly means to want to build better for the future. You have mentioned that you have to do the work internally. You know, I can't even imagine the the mindset shift that a little girl from a small Caribbean island had to undergo to believe that she could make it somewhere in a whole different part of the world that she's never seen before. But, you know, she, who I speak of is Cynthia Kwanzaa, my mother, she did it, you know? Right. And um, I am, and, and I say the same for my father as well. And, and I'm grateful to my parents for passing the energy of wanting less resistance for their children for whoever is coming up after them onto me I'm very grateful that they have passed that on because now when I see similarly to you when I see my nieces when I see the younger people in my family the youth that I have encountered over the course of my life I begin to think of what I can do to enrich their lives moving forward and so Essentially, I'm building this legacy as a continuation of what my parents gave to me. And that's what legacy means to me. They really did plant that seed. And so to answer the question of what legacy building looks like, um, to be quite frankly, it looks like building a sustainable future for myself, for my family, and for my community. Whoever, however, you know, however together or fragmented in the world we might be um, but I think of things like investing in residential commercial agricultural property investing in sustainable agricultural practices farm to table practices investing in education investing in the health of of myself my family my community investing in the preservation of our culture investing in a network of strong sustainable businesses um and you know all of those things are definitely in my future when i think of legacy building and you know in order for me to do any of that my present focus is sustainable business development if i can figure out a way just as you mentioned you are creating a blueprint if i can figure out a way to create multiple streams of income agreeable to the needs of my highest self, as well as finding a way to encourage my people to tap into that for themselves as well, I would have done great work. And like that is my present focus in this legacy building uh, journey of mine. That is powerful. Thank you, my love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You actually, you actually took the words right out of my mouth. I was really about to say that that was, we just had a powerful last conversation. That was an incredible, incredible conversation. I'm really, really grateful. I actually have to say thank you once again for taking the time to, um, to share with me and do this with me. And so, absolutely. 
we are nearing the end of this wonderful dialogue. And I did want to tap into some final, final, final reflections in the hope that they prove to be gems for the listeners to take with them, even though I know that there are gems strewn within this conversation. But I wanted to end on like a light note, something short and sweet. I just wanted to share. I asked you to prepare this ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I wanted you to share five things that you affirm for yourself as you enter your 30s. And I'll go first. I affirm that I am beautiful. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that everything I need is available to me right now. I affirm that I am the co-creator of the life that I desire. I just need to take action. And I affirm that my legacy is built. What about you? Those are some good ones. Um, (laughs) I affirm that I will never settle for less than what God wants me to achieve. Mm. Um, I affirm that I will continue to attract the right people, experiences, and opportunities that will help me grow and become successful in life. Mm. I affirm that I will lay the foundation for all of my passion projects Mm. um, now and in the future. Yes. I affirm that I will continue to be good to myself and make self-care a priority no matter what it looks like. Yes. And I affirm that I will be the first millionaire in my immediate family no matter how long it takes. Come on, millionaire energy. Come on, millionaire energy. Yeah. I affirm these beautiful things for you as well. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Next one is, what are five things you look forward to experiencing in your 30s? And I'll go first. So one is a healthy, reciprocal, romantic relationship. I know that that's around the corner for me in my 30s. The second one is financial gains and successes that I have never experienced before. The second one is, or the third one rather, is even more travel with my beautiful, successful people beside me. That's you, girl. We're booking trips. Hey, okay. (laughs) Four is um, taking more risks, taking more chances, being more adventurous. And then my fifth thing that I look forward to experiencing in my 30s is continued holistic growth. What about Mm. you? Snap, snap. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my five things that I'm looking forward to experiencing in my thirties, um, the first one is experiencing genuine love, um, and finding same thing, a reciprocal, um, (laughs) soulmate. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm looking forward to experiencing that, um, so much period. Period. Okay. Cause we deserve, we deserve. Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, experiencing starting my own family. Uh, um, yes. I listen. I'm a hopeless romantic, y'all. Yeah. So me and too. I've always, I've always <laughs> wanted kids, but of course, you know, people just like, really, you don't want kids? But I, I want to start my own family. So I'm looking yeah. forward to experiencing that in my 30s. Um, traveling yes. the world and seeing God's yes. beautiful creations um, yes. as well alongside like the people that I love and that I have in my life. Yes. Um, 
getting to a point of genuine happiness with where I am mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's really important. And I really not saying that I'm not, but there's a certain level of happiness that you obtain when you are exactly where you're meant to be in yeah. life. It's a different yeah. level. Um, it hits, it hits, different. hits very differently. And so I definitely yeah. want to experience that in my thirties. And mm-hmm. lastly, you know, reaping the benefits of all my hard work over all mm-hmm. these years, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like when you plant the seed, it's not, you don't just uproot it and feel like you'll gain the benefits of your hard fruit, like hard labor right away. And exactly. I feel like over the last several years, I've been planting a lot of seeds and still mm-hmm. planting seeds till this day. And I will forever plant seeds. But in my thirties, the seeds that I've planted before, I would love to reap the benefits of my hard work um, so that I can share it not only with myself, but with the people that I love. So, Yes, I am here for some of our things that we are looking forward to overlapping. Like that really, (laughs) it brings me so much joy. We are on the same page and like, I just, I know it's coming and I think we both do. And so, we kind of write these things knowing that they are almost prophetic to be completely honest with you. It's like we wrote them down because we know that they are about to come to pass and we wrote them down knowing that we can focus on uh, the full experience of pleasure with all of our senses through those different things that we are looking forward to. So again, thank you so much for sharing. And then the final thing, um, the final reflection what are five things you had to unlearn to be who you are entering your 30s? So the first one, everybody can't come, boo-boo. That's exactly right. how I wrote it. That's exactly how I wrote it. You're right, though. Everybody cannot come. So really uh, tap into the power of releasing. Um, the second one is you cannot pour from an empty cup. The third one is my habit of hiding my light out of fear of shining too bright. Can you imagine? Oof. I'm afraid of being brilliant. Oof. I need to let that go. I need to cut yeah. that off. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is um, a scarcity mindset. I no longer operate in scarcity. I know that I am an abundant and an attractive force and that the life that I'm living is an abundant one. And so really stepping away from that scarcity mindset. And then the final thing that I had to unlearn to be who I am now is the notion that I can't do something because there is nothing that I cannot do. Hmm. And so that's my final one. What about you, love? So my five things that I um, unlearned to be who I am is one, let go of past hurt. Mm. Um, mm. It's only road journey. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. Yes, let go of past hurt. Yes. Um, it is only taking up space in your growth journey. Mm. Yes. Yep. Um, two, stop setting such high expectations for people. It would only lead to disappointment. Ooh. Ooh. I okay, know. That's a, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> I That's think, first of all, the things that I had to unlearn to become who I am, there's some heavy hitters, okay? Yes, of course. Of um, course. You know, there, there's some heavy hitters. Um, 
Number three, don't take things personally. The way people mm-hmm. act or react may be a reflection or of personal or internal warfare. Yes. Um, I definitely had to learn that and I'm still learning that. Yeah. Um, four, depriving yourself of a life will not get you to your success any sooner. Ooh, wait yeah. a second. Hold on, Jesus in the room. Hold mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to hear that. Thank you. Yep. I needed to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. That one was a big one for me. Yeah. That was a big yeah. one for me. Um, yeah. And lastly, people are not mind readers. You have to learn how to use your words to communicate how you are feeling, what you're thinking, mm-hmm. and what you want. Mm. You know, mm. communication mm. is key. Communication um, is key. Yeah, oh it's God. key. Thank you so much for those. Thank you so much for everything. <laughs> Thank you no so problem. I'm excited. Like, yes, yes, first of all, yes. like when you even presented the idea to me of joining forces with you to be on this podcast. Honestly, I was excited because, and I conversation with like it's been to just like have conversations a lot lately. I don't know necessarily if I want to have my own podcast or anything, but it's just been on my heart a lot, like to do a podcast or so share the wisdom that I have or learn from people on a podcast or whatever the the nature of doing this podcast is you know so when you came to me it was just like you know i've been wanting (laughs) you to do this podcast with me for a little while i was like uh for real like like right like where do i sign because you're reading my mind and this is something that i've been thinking about um for quite some time so it was like Mm -hmm. a no-brainer like oh absolutely like you need to do this you know what i'm saying um and we're so, talking about like divine timing, God's timing, like it it's the right time for this to be happening. It's the right time for this to be released. I'm right I'm looking forward to all of the lives that we will touch through having this conversation, whether you know they let us know about it or not. But I know that this conversation is, you know, a drop in the ocean of a shift that is happening with the black community but also Black women, Black femmes as a whole in um, shifting what reality can look like for us, you know? Right. Absolutely. Agreed. And so with that, we have done it. We have we have successfully recorded a, an episode. Thank you so much. Please, 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 before we sign off um, officially, please, once again, let the listeners know who you are and let them know your social media handles and, um, so where they can find you. Well, everyone, it was a pleasure speaking Yay! to you, speaking <laughs> with Casey today, and I Thank hope you man. all enjoy what we've discussed today in, um, in this podcast. Thank you. Um, I am Shakima Cyrus. Um lifestyle enthusiast, entrepreneur, um, education, business professional. Um, and you can find me on social media, preferably Instagram, uh, my personal page, I am Shakima C. And my business pages, 
A-N-B underscore official and underscore the gem experience. Okay. Find me. Click the light bucket light button. Sorry. Um, you know, reach out to me. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. I don't bite. Um, <laughs> connect with me. You know, I love connecting with people. I love meeting new people. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Incredible. And I will be sure to make sure that your links are in the episode description so people can find you easily. Um, and so before we sign off officially, do you have any final parting words? No pressure? <laughs> no pressure? Um, the only parting words I would love to leave with you all that are listening mm-hmm. um, is continue to do the work to become the best mm-hmm. version of yourself mm-hmm. and just understand that Even if you don't feel like you're the best version of yourself, you are because you've come a long way. You're not the same person that you were the day before, the week before, the month before, or the year before. So you've made progress. Um, And just understand that working on yourself is going to be a lifelong process because I'm taking that into account for my own self, you know? Um, So yeah, that's what I want to leave with you all give yourself some grace thank you so 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 much Shakima I love you we are I love you too girl and I'm sure I'll have you back on the show soon oh I would love to be back I hope the people want I hope the people want me back too okay the people the people want you back the people let us know but the people will say that they want you back thank you so much my love no problem thank you for having me No worries, love. We'll connect soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. And there we have it, beautiful people. Another show episode for the books. Another season is on the boards, darling. She's back. She didn't think she could make it, but she made it, baby. Like, come on. She's here. She's present. Um, but I do hope that you enjoyed the dialogue between myself and Shakima. And I do want to apologize for any glitches in sound that you may have experienced as I elevate my technology to where I desire it to be. I do, in this present moment, thank you for your grace. It will get better. And so again, you can find Shakima online on Instagram at I am Shakima C at amb underscore official and at underscore the gem experience you will be able to find those links in the show notes and you can catch me casey on instagram at we are matriarch that is at w-e-a-r-e-m-a-t-r-i-a-r-c-h Um, The pod will be announced on that page for now until I figure out where I would like to house things and I'm in the process of rebranding things, blah, blah, blah. So find me on We Are Matriarch for everything Casey related for now. Um, And I'll let you know if anything changes moving forward. And so again, thank you so much for listening. And I will leave you with the affirmation of this episode, which is, I am enough.
I embrace each new level in life with gratitude, love, and power. Take care.